Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Now, fortunately, more and more of us are concerned about our environment, our planet. Uh, it, it, I feel it. I see it. More people are recycling more than ever. And just really, it's, it's on their radar. We're going to talk to a guy who has made it his life's work to really take notice of this and so much more as a longtime geography educator. And he's worked with so many students, uh, including at the Shippenburg University of Pennsylvania. He's back with us, and we make him our educator diamond of the decade. William C. Rents is on the program. Hey, William. Hey, good morning. How are you? Well, it's still morning out here in Mountain Time Zone. It's probably afternoon if you're in New York. <laughs> uh, it is, it is. And I'm just wondering... When we talk about Colorado, how's your snow situation there? Um, it's not been good. Uh, we've had a very dry fall. The ski areas have enough snow uh, for most of their runs, and of course they make snow, but the snowpack is only about 65% of average, and if that's, that's hard to make up, and so I'm beginning to look toward possible uh, water shortages next summer, if mm. this continues. <laughs> I, I, I'm... I'm surprised, but then I'm not surprised that you have even the percentage of uh, of snow because <laughs> this is what you pay attention to, right? Yeah, then I, I, I read the article and the numbers that number like that sticks in my head, but other things would go in one ear and out the other. <laughs> well, while we talk about water shortage, let's talk about freshwater pollution now. You know, back in the day, you would hear a lot about this. You'd see TV commercials, public service announcements, just reminding people to just take note of this. Uh, you don't hear so much about freshwater pollution so much anymore. Is it still a major problem in our world? Water pollution is always going to be a problem, but it is much better in the United States than it used to be. If it's so easy just to throw your junk you know, sewage and everything else and, and the water. The United States has done a tremendous job of cleaning up, although there are still problems. And to give you an idea of how bad it used to be, I think it was in the 1960s, the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland, Ohio, caught on fire. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, other parts of the world, however, still have serious water pollution problems. Your population increases and... Uh, uh, it, 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 so not every place in the world is as well off as the United States has been. But we, with our large population and industrial development and whatnot, we were getting a um, pretty serious air and water pollution. And this is noted back in the 1960s. Um, and so we've been working at it ever since. What's really surprised me uh, and, and alarmed me was a, a year or two ago, they were showing lots of pictures of plastic in our, our seawater. And there were even some shots of uh, video of, of all this of little tiny plastic particles accumulating to become a big problem. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Plastic decays very slowly. It would take, I think, hundreds of years for a plastic bottle that you throw out and, you know, uh, to decay completely. And I have read about the plastic pollution in water and in the oceans, but I do not, I do not want to comment on how serious I think that problem is. Uh, sometimes environmental groups will overstate an issue to make people get concerned about it. 
and it may be an issue that isn't as big as we sometimes think now, but will be in the future. But it might be a serious problem right now. I simply can't comment on that. I don't know that much about it. Gotcha. And, you know, looking at videos, it looks serious, but we don't know how widespread that is. Let's let's move over to air pollution. Now, they did in my area, I'm in the New York area, I'm a suburb of New York, mm-hmm. and they did a poll recently, and the the number one thing of concern in general, I'm not even talking about the environment, just in general, is air pollution. And just like freshwater pollution, I kind of felt that that wasn't really a major issue, but I'm hearing that it really, really is. Air pollution um, was, again, like water pollution. We've been addressing that issue in the United States now for 50 years um, or more, and it's much better than it used to be. There There was a joke that used to go around that I don't want to breathe air that I can't see. And that gives you an indication of uh, how bad it was. Los Angeles was infamous for its air pollution. Uh, Much of the pollution in many areas came from cars. And when they started requiring uh, catalytic converters and other things, cars got cleaned up. And as we move now into an era of electric cars, that will increase the the air quality in cities uh, even more. So there's been a lot of advancement. Factories that used to just throw the junk up in the air now have to control the emissions. Uh, Even carbon dioxide emissions uh, are being controlled in some cases. So air pollution remains a problem. And when you have a metropolitan area like New York, where I think there's something like 15 million people in the whole metropolitan area, you just get a lot of sources of pollution. Cars still throw out some pollution. Um, the, the furnaces and houses burning natural gas or, or uh, oil throw out pollution. Um, your lawnmower throws out pollution. Mm. And so you're just going to get some. But it's a lot better than it used to be. But that doesn't mean we should relax and not do anything about it. Don't get me wrong on that one. Sure. Well, you know, it's an interesting point that you bring up, William, in that even something like a lawnmower Okay, you know, not, it's not putting out a lot of pollution, but there is something that it's putting into the air. Multiply that by how many people mowing their lawn, and and then and then onward, uh, the accumulation factor has to be huge. I think now that there are some places that have banned the sale of gasoline lawnmowers, only electric lawnmowers, um, and I'm not sure, but what Denver or a Denver suburb hasn't done that or is talking about that. Uh, so it has been recognized as an important part of, uh, of air pollution. And, of course, someone says, well, electricity has to be generated. Much of it is generated by power plants that are burning uh, oil or coal. So aren't we just uh, shifting the pollution somewhere else? Yes, to a point that is true. But these big electric generation plants now have to control their emissions. So the emissions that are emitted by an electric generation plant per lawnmower is probably less than when you use the lawnmower directly. I'm just speculating on this. I don't have any numbers to give you. 
Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate the speculation because it's just, it gives us more to think about, especially coming from somebody like you that uh, is very much plugged into the uh, geographic world. Uh, I'm going to, I want to talk about an award that uh, you are receiving and I do believe it is the Centurion Award. Please tell us. Well, I don't know that much about it yet. Um, the, this is in the, it's in the, it's in the progress but it recognizes, I think, my uh, academic background and my environmental interests and so forth. Interesting. Um, I know that there's a lot of esteemed recipients of that award. Any, any idea when you might be receiving it? No, I do not know. Gotcha. Uh, well, either way, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I want to pivot over for just a moment to something else concerning our environment. And we hear this term... I do believe that not many of us understand what the term means. Fracking and oil drilling. Can you define it and then give us your thoughts on it? Um, yes. Uh, fracking is a way of... The oil and natural gas occurs underground in uh, either loose sediment like sand or in solid rock where it's held in the pore spaces in the rock. Fracking is a way of fracturing the rock so the oil or the natural gas will move more easily through the rock to the well and then up. Um, so that's all fracking is. It has nothing to do with, uh, with uh, limiting pollution or adding to pollution. Uh, it simply is a way of uh, uh, increasing the amount of oil and natural gas that can be extracted or more rapidly. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and I know it, you know it takes place, at, we're in the New York area, upstate New York is one it area. It takes place in, in many places. I think New York is one area where they're now doing it. Uh, and of course, fracking has been controversial because some people think that when you frack and crack the rock, it allows uh, groundwater to become polluted as the oil and natural gas moves upward. And of course, the groundwater is what people in small towns and rural areas use for their water supply. And so it is uh, a controversial uh, method. Fracking normally takes place something like three miles down below the surface, two or three miles down. And the uh, oil companies say, no, that if, with proper steps and so forth, you're not going to pollute the groundwater because groundwater that we use comes from much closer to the surface. But it does remain a controversial aspect of fracking, and I do not know exactly where the truth lies in terms of uh, polluting uh, groundwater. So we've talked uh, about a number of things here, even so far. What would you say should be our number one priority in protecting our environment? You know, there is no number one. There are numerous areas of the uh, environment that we pollute through our normal activities. I would say what is most important is that people are cognizant of the fact that their activities cause pollution. And even if the individual only produces a little bit, when you add it up, it's a lot. And so I would say that the most important thing is for people to realize that whatever they basically do, uh, from eating food which is grown out in farms which can pollute water to driving their car and so forth, that we all contribute to pollution and we should be aware of this and take steps to try to minimize our impact. Do you feel to 
inspire people to really take action, uh, that there should be penalties or stiffer penalties? Now, that is a, a good question. Um, I think it depends, of course, upon the, the nature of the, of the, of the pollutant. Um, if there is something really serious, and yes, you need, you, you need some sort of um, uh, penalty. But most of the pollutants that we as individuals do are, are lesser. You're running your lawnmower. It's a gasoline lawnmower. You're adding to pollution. Not a lot, mm-hmm. but 10,000 people using their lawnmowers do. I would hesitate about penalties at this time for most what I'll call household pollution. Um, I don't like the idea of uh, penalizing people for ordinary day-to-day living. Uh, I definitely think that companies or businesses that are polluting should be penalized. In the future, it may be necessary to to use penalties for some types of pollution. But right now, for general house, what I call household pollution, I would not employ penalties unless there is something really serious, like a person flushing their toilet without a, 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 a sewer line or, or uh, any, any other thing, just dumping it. Right. But otherwise, I would, not, uh, I would not be in favor of household uh, penalties at this time. Sure, sure. And, and yeah, I see where you're going. Like, let's say we have somebody that does some car repair on the side from home. Uh, yeah. And and they take the uh, used oil and go into the woods and... and Dump and, it. Right. Yes. Now that... But how do, you, how do you penalize somebody for that unless you catch them? Right. Uh, well, a neighbor, words, a neighbor could report them and then an investigation... A neighbor could ensues. report them. Yeah. In other words, I would do that if I knew that I had a neighbor that was regularly doing that, I would report it. Yeah. Uh, because that oil pollution is a serious matter. Uh, and if there are ways, I think most filling stations or many filling stations will take your used oil if you bring it there. Yeah. And, and you think about what it does to the groundwater being here in, uh, I'm on Long Island and it's, it hasn't been thoroughly proven, but there, there are some theories that uh, the cancer rate is extremely high in this area. Uh, one in nine has always been the term uh, in terms of breast cancer. One in nine women have breast cancer on Long Island, uh, all attributed to the groundwater. Um, I do not, having not seen the information that leads to that conclusion, mm-hmm. I would be a little cautious about saying groundwater pollution is causing breast cancer. It seems to me that if groundwater pollution were causing breast cancer, there'd be an increase in other cancers as well. Uh, so uh, there, there may be some other reason why that is the case. And be sure that the statistics are correct. Um, there are many aspects of cancer, uh, environmental aspects of cancer, and the one thing that I would ask is, are these statistics about cancer on Long Island correct? And are they higher than elsewhere in the uh, New York metropolitan area? Sure. Cities generally have higher cancer rates than rural areas. And specifically, there is one area in one county where it is higher. And I even know somebody who uh, got breast cancer at a very, very young age and passed in the, pa- in the last year. Uh, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't barely forty years old. Uh, yeah, that's 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 horribly young. Yeah, and and it and it 
yeah, many are pointing to it being uh, the groundwater situation where she grew up in that area, which you know there was some industrial stuff going on there. And, and uh, but I want to pivot over to in the time we have to uh, our reefs, coral reefs. You know, different type of water we're talking about here. But what's, oh, yes. what's your what's your read on that? My my knowledge of that is still limited. The theory is that as we cause global warming the temperatures in the oceans warm, and that the corals uh, die off because the temperatures become too warm for them. There are also other theories that air, that not air pollutants, well, pollutants that are in the ocean that are getting into the water that come in through the rivers may be causing the die off. Uh, so those are the theories, but I don't know exactly where the truth lies. It may be that there is some natural cause there may be a disease or something that's spreading in the corals that's just natural i don't know interesting uh i'm a big fan of of those waterways just the you know the caribbean and all of yes. those waters yeah. and you know yeah. just you know, it it it's it's saddening to see that there's pollution that's uh you know even affecting those waters um final question here and i've never asked this and i'm kind of curious your feelings on uh, space exploration. I know we, you know, geography, we, we talk about, uh, you know, our land where we live, but what are your feelings on that overall? Any possibilities of colonies in space and such? I'm all for space ex- ex- exploration. I think it's the, the next frontier for humanity. Uh, but it's going to be a long, slow process. And I'm not certain that we will ever quote, settle Mars, if you want to look at it that way. There may be research stations that could be established. We're already doing that on the moon uh, and uh, other things. But uh, personally, I don't think that there's ever going to be large-scale human settlement uh, in our solar system. I don't think there's any planet that is uh, amenable enough for that for a variety of reasons. But I do think that there will be human activity on these planets. We may at some point even be extracting resources uh, from them. But I'm all for space exploration. I think it's, a, it's uh, something that is a, uh, certainly within the, uh, the human aspirations. And as for the United States, I think it, I think it is a, um, something that is uh, fitting uh, for the United States as a, uh, you know, symbolically, philosophically, not just uh, you know, physically. Do you feel that we're on track for a climate catastrophe if, if, if what is going on, if we just continue doing what we're doing right now? No. Um, I, I think that the Earth is, is able to, to adapt itself. Um, I do not, would not use the word catastrophe. Uh, but if we continue as we are, there will certainly be major impacts which could be very costly in um, human health, lives, as well as economics. Um, so I think it's important to, to try to improve our behavior as much as possible. But I do not believe we're going to have human uh, natural catastrophe. I'm, I'm not a catastrophist. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I, but, you know, we did identify that uh, temperatures are steadily rising, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's if you could attribute that to one thing, 
What do you think it would be? I actually can have to attribute it to two factors. I think human activity is certainly contributing. Mm -hmm. Carbon dioxide and certain other gases are greenhouse gases. You will have to explain to me why, if we increase the amount of carbon dioxide, for example, in the atmosphere or methane, there won't be warming. I also think that there is a natural warming procedure that's going on. So we are sticking the human impact on top of a natural impact. Interesting. There are some that say global warming is a hoax. What do you say to that? Oh, that's not true. The, The data proves the temperatures are getting warmer. You could argue over why they're getting warmer. And as I said, carbon dioxide and these other some other gases are greenhouse gases. So if you think it's a hoax, you'll have to tell me why, if we increase carbon dioxide, we aren't going to have warming. Would you say, William, that you're worried about our Earth's future? No. I am not worried about the the, the Earth's future. Um, I think that uh, humanity will, sooner or later, maybe a little later than we should, take steps to reduce the negative impacts. I think the Earth is also very resilient uh, and will be able to absorb impacts, uh, as it has over you know, four billion years. Um, so I, uh, uh, that's, 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 that's my feeling uh, on, on that one. So it sort of reminds me of the old Timex watch commercial, takes a, a licking and keeps on ticking. Keeps on t- t- Timex, I think. Timex, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it kind of sounds what you just said. That's what's going on with our planet. You know, you, it's it'll take a hit, but it, it, I guess it takes longer to uh, recover, but it will keep on ticking. But we want to be certain that the impacts, the impacts may still be negative. For example, if we lose large numbers of wildlife, if the air is, is hazy all the time, if we lose uh, forested areas and so forth, we, the earth may still go on, but we may not like the impacts of it. They may be negative from our point of view. Sure. Yeah. Or there, from the earth's point of view also. There's a difference between living, or we'll call it surviving and thriving, and uh Obviously, we want the latter, so we got to take those steps now. William, always a pleasure having you on here. Congratulations on the Centurion Award that you're about to receive and, and also us making you educator, Diamond of the Decade. Uh, always love talking with you. It's particularly, I love that you get right to the point. <laughs> you are, you know, you've got your finger on the pulse of uh, geography, without a doubt. Well, with being a university professor and giving lectures, you learn to get to the point. <laughs> well, you know, certainly in today's world, that's what it's all about. I call we're in the Amazon world where one click and, and it's done. So uh, yep. I appreciate that. Thanks again for being with us today. You're very welcome. And have a good afternoon. Bye. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing? Or your daughter's first birthday party? You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. 
Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.